There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast, I'm Brian Dilks, and I'm joined by the crowd noise to my actual fans, it's Justin <laughs> Peach. Good afternoon. How are you, good sir? I'm good, I'm good. It's been, it's been a busy week for me, I'm sure it's yeah. been a busy week for you. We have got some good news, Justin, and that is that football is nearly back. We've got just under, or just over a week to go, actually. I know, I can't wait, I honestly can't wait, because it means... We can do a podcast where we actually talk about football. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a sec. But first, let's just have a quick run through of what we've got planned today. We'll talk through the news, a bit of transfer news as well. There's been a few bits going on, Justin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we'll have the 11s for the final time. It's worth pointing out as well for what for the foreseeable future anyway. <laughs> this week, the 11s are going to be about the free agents because there's been a lot of talk about free agents this week oh, yes. on uh, social media and what have you and then we'll have the squad goals for what could be the final time as well and then we'll have the Craig Bryson pub quiz as well to round things off so let's get into the news Justin as mentioned the championship is set to return in just over a week's time on the 20th of June hooray I, I was trying to make the you know the noise out bow, 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 bow. what's that it's like a you know, a joyous noise that DJs make at events. Oh, you mean the right, like the horns yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that they play it like uh, when they're like halfway through a song, they'll just go. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I don't have the soundboard, so you just got to make do with what you got. And there we go. I'll I'll edit one in here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so the EFL says it is aiming to complete the season with the playoff final on or around the 30th of July. How exciting, Justin? No, uh, absolutely. It's, it's, there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, as we've hoped for for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, it's not what we all really want, which is obviously to get back into grounds, but it's something that will certainly keep you going. Yeah, I think it'll definitely keep you going because there is going to be a lot of football in that time. Uh, it's, it's going to be like an international tournament, isn't it? It's going to be great. We've got oh, a summer good. of football. Yeah, but there's it's more than just your international like tournament kind of feel because when that happens, you've got three matches a day. But when you've got the championship, you've got the Premier League. Have yeah. you seen the schedule for yeah. the Premier League? It's going it to be effing chaos. intense. Effing intense, but it's, I cannot wait. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait either. But if you look at the calendar for the championship season, then we're going to have midweek games pretty much every week. So it's going to be non-stop. And from a player's point of view, when you consider how a lot of them are struggling for match fitness, they have got a lot of uh, 
getting up to speed to do, haven't they? Because they are going to be <laughs> exhausted. But even worse, it's going to be exhausting for us because we're going to be doing two episodes a week as well. Yeah, I think we're going to suffer from uh, fatigue as much as the actual athletes are. Yeah, we're going to be gasping for air after about two <laughs> weeks of it. So pray for us, please. It has been a lot of criticism about the schedule, though. Wednesday, boss Gary Monk <clears throat> and QPR chief exec Lee Hoos think it's too soon considering players haven't been back in training for that long. It's kind of understandable. I can see where they're coming from with a lot of concern that players could very well be getting injured quite often. No, I, I do agree with it. Um, it is, there is there is that worry. but and, and also, I don't think it's helped that they're both mid-table sides with not a lot to play for. Obviously, Wednesday's circumstances are a bit more unique with the potential FFP sanctions from the EFL but for now they are a mid-table side not really competing for anything so you can imagine that they are going to be not no, I wouldn't say disappointed um yeah frustrated at the, the schedule yeah, well, as clubs try to get ready for the season restarting, friendlies are being organised for the next week or so, including Villa v West Brom, which the Daily Mail claims will actually be two hours long, so players can get up to, get up to full fitness, which is fair enough, I suppose. I, I imagine they'll um, rotate a lot, not just have an 11 playing a two-hour game against another 11 playing yeah, two-hour no, game. Yeah, that's, no, that's what they're <laughs> going to do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like two different squads. But speaking of that, uh, there's going to be ongoing discussions on proposals for five substitutions in the remaining fixtures and increasing matchday <clears> squads <throat> from 18 to 20 players. Not too surprising because that seems to be the case mm-hmm. around uh, all the other leagues around the world, doesn't it? Uh, season ticket holders at championship clubs will be able to watch their team's remaining games online. If you don't have a season ticket, you'll have to pay a tenner. Thoughts on that, Justin? Um, I mean, there has to be some source of income for clubs. That that that's great. Um, I you know, it's what we expected as a season ticket holder is to at least be able to view games. I don't know how it's going to work because would there be an app that they'll have? Because obviously, you want to if you've got a smart TV, you don't want to have to put in your laptop to go through it. You know, this is just me being very very picky. And well, I presume it's. From what I understand, it's from the iFollow service. So I think different clubs have will have different names for it. But that's how you'll have to watch it. But I presume you will have to go on your laptop if you and hook it up to the TV if you do want to watch what it on the farce. TV. What a farce. It, I, I think the £10 to watch the games if you don't have a ticket is a bit steep for me personally. <clears throat> that means you'll be paying 80 quid to watch the rest of the games and you won't get to go to a match. Um, do you know what I mean? I guess so. Perhaps if it's a subscri- subscription service rather than game-by-game basis, that might be a better balance um, for the uh, for the person who's paying. But it's just it's just one of those things. I don't think they've had a lot... Well, they have had a lot of time to think about it. You're not going to satisfy everybody. There will be people, who, be people who pay for it. I just think 80 quid to watch the rest of your team's matches, plus Sky Sports... BT. I know a lot of the other matches from other leagues have been shown for free now, but still seems to be adding up quite a bit for the average supporter. Anyway, let's move on. According to The Telegraph, Derby and Leeds have been left stunned after the head of the UK Football Police suggested their game should be played in Southampton. Now, Mark Roberts has denied this claim, but numerous sources are alleged that this plan has been put forward. Uh, Derbyshire Police say the game will be played at Pride Park. Um, <laughs> neutral venues. What an interesting conundrum. No, definitely. And obviously we've seen with the Bundesliga that whatever ground you're in, it doesn't actually matter. Obviously the away teams have fared a lot better, which I'm sure we'll discuss a lot more next week when we try and preview the, the games coming up. But yeah, it's 
uh, <laughs> moving a game four or five hours away doesn't just for the sake of having not what well, reducing the risk of supporters going to that game yeah seems a bit daft yeah well that's the reason they're doing it isn't it to try and uh, prevent any supporters from turning up at the ground which i fear is definitely going to happen at some point uh, let's move on another one from the telegraph brighton west brom and burton are joining together to trademark the word albion yeah it's supposedly protect, to protect supporters from fake merchandise. So make of that what you will. Uh, sorry, <laughs> who's making fake mer- merchandise f- um, for Burton? For Burton. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought when I read the article. But all right, it's like we'll can, can you remember summer football tournaments when there was always that fake football shirt? Yes, but he's <laughs> fine. A Burton I, shirt. With- <laughs> I had a. Um, I got one for I think it was a Barcelona shirt with Eto on the yeah. back for like eight quid or whatever and it looking back at it in hindsight it, it was the worst yeah. like copy ever but anyway uh crowd noise in the bundesliga justin we saw it over the weekend what did you make of it because there's been a lot of talk of it being introduced in the championship yeah i think we've <clears throat> we've mentioned it before it's something that i'm i might dabble in i might put it on see what it's like if it adds to anything like we said i think it's, we said last week if it's like the same noises from FIFA, fair enough. But if it's just generic, like chattering, you know, we you know when Sky dub over when everybody sings, mm. Sky TV is fucking shit, um, <laughs> and then Sky dub over with crowd noise. You can, it doesn't sound great because it's literally just chuntering. It's not, it's nothing. It's inaudible words. Yeah, um, that. Well, in the work. Bundesliga, it was like actual chanting, wasn't it? Exactly. If they go down that route, fair enough. But the way that <laughs> way it think sky might do it or any televised uh, television companies in the uk will do it will be that they'll go down that route they won't go down the fan chant route yeah i wasn't a particular fan of it in the bundesliga over the weekend i, I just thought it was it didn't sound right and I, I was getting quite used to just hearing nothing really and i was quite like i was quite enjoying it really because you could hear what the players were saying and hearing their like screams of pain when they <laughs> <laughs> lost possession or something like that i asked people on twitter what they thought, and 63% said they would want it in the championship. So, a bit of food for thought there. Let's move on to some transfer news. And this is a big one, Justin, because Lau Taylor won't be playing for Charlton when the season resumes. His contract is expiring this month and says he wants to protect his chance of having one last big move. Your thoughts on that? I have, strangely, I have a, a, a degree of sympathy for Lau Taylor and Charlton. Because Charlton are going to lose a striker, but they're going to lose a striker who's well within his rights not to play anymore. He's, you know, his contract's coming up to an end. Um, what have we got? The games are starting up again. Is it next weekend? Uh, the, oh, the weekend, weekend after. after. So, oh, sorry, I'm just trying to get a date up. So he's he's going to have two, three games tops. Is it worth it? Don't think so. Um, if Charlton, Charlton maybe should have seen this coming especially the rejected bids in January and then the dragging of the heels of a new accepting a new contract from there they should have seen it coming let's be honest yeah well they've been specializing in offering short-term deals for quite a while now actually Mm -hmm. um but with this I I I fully support Art Taylor in the decision really because he's got to look after his own career hasn't he and he has got a genuine chance of 
Maybe not going to the Premier League. I, I can't see that happening. But moving to a big side in the Championship season, <laughs> well, next season. I read and somewhere that Galatasaray I've seen Galatasaray linked as well. I've seen Rangers linked. And mm-hmm. in the Championship, you've got the likes of West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea and Brentford have been linked with him for ages. So he's got plenty of you know clubs who will be interested in him. So it's a chance for him to get one last payday, move to a club who could potentially play in the Premier League next season. He, he's got every right to make this move, hasn't he, really? And for Charlton, <clears throat> I do feel sorry for them. Well, for the fans, I feel sorry for because this has been a terribly handled situation in terms of his contract, as you say. But for them, do you think this is pretty much relegation signed up for them? No, you have to, you have to also bring into account that uh, Lautel has been injured for large portions of this season. Tottenham had a very good run of form, um, sort of late September, early October, without Lyle Taylor. Uh, Macaulay Bomb was on fire, and you know, again, we'll we'll discuss it in more detail next week. But I think with the season restarting, you know, everyone's back at where they were last August, if you will. So the if they reset without Loud Taylor, I think they'll be fine. They've they've got Tom Ahmed, uh, Jonathan Williams will hopefully be back will be fit uh, um Macaulay Bond as well. There's a good selection of forwards, Jonathan Lecker as well, at Charlton already. I know Loud Taylor's a bit more of an X factor for them, but there's enough there I think that should see them out of it. Whether it whether it does or not, we don't know. I'm not I'm not so sure. I think they could really struggle just because Taylor's been so important to them this season. The only shining light, really, for Charlton is that Hull and Middlesbrough were so poor before lockdown came mm-hmm. in. But because we have had lockdown now, we don't know what form they're going to be in when the season does come back. Uh, Chris Brunt is leaving West Brom after 13 years at the club. Very sad. He's been a great servant for them, hasn't he? Yeah, but, you know, he's 35. I think he's played five times this season for him. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, makes sense you know yeah. he's gonna it's get not surprising is it no not at no. all he's he, he's, a, he's a very good pro and you know a great left foot yeah. you know he'll probably if he retires he retires he might dip down the leagues but as I say yeah very good pro and a very good player at championship level very good player day. I think there's quite a few clubs who wish they'd gone in for him when he initially signed for West Brom because mm-hmm. he would have been one hell of a player wouldn't he um, but Slavin Bilic has praised him uh, this week after the announcement and said that he's still been training as hard as ever despite not playing as much this season mm-hmm. so best of luck to Mr Brunt and uh, final bit of transfer news Rian Brewster is having his loan spell at Swansea extended until the end of the new season uh, I expect quite a few clubs will have similar things announced over the next few weeks you're looking a bit confused there do you mean the end explain. of the season it, yeah, the, yeah what I meant to say is his loan spell is being extended until the new end of the season. Right. So not Just say for the end of this the season. season afters. Yeah, I know I did initially. I apologise. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to see Rian Brewster for the rest of this season anyway. Yeah. But I think uh, Conor Gallagher and other players, because Swansea have got quite a few loan players, uh, are going to have similar announcements soon and expect your club to announce that that's going to be the same story for them and their loan players soon as well. Let's go on to the 11s then, Justin. This week for the final 11s, we're picking out some of the players who could be free agents soon. All of the <coughs> following championship players are out of contract 
this summer. Now, there might be a few cases where players out of contract will sign a new deal after this episode has gone out, so don't be surprised if that is the case. Uh, some of these players also have the option for an extra year in their contracts, so they could very well be excised whenever a club feels like it, so don't be surprised if that's the case here as well. Uh, either way, a very good selection of players to choose from here, Justin. It's no, not just players coming to the end of their careers or no. players who shouldn't really be playing at this level. There's a lot of quality available in there. No, absolutely. I was quite surprised at how many, just how many there were. Um, yeah. But it certainly made our lives easier and I was able to pick a good left back this week. <laughs> I haven't got a left back. I've got three centre backs. <laughs> I always do. I always leave out the full backs. Right, let's go in goal then, Justin. Who have you got between the sticks? Bit left field here because there's quite a few options, but I've gone with Ainsley Pierce from Middlesbrough. Now, I think you might be wrong there, Justin. I think he's signed a new deal. I checked and the last report I could find was in February. Let me double check. Either way, I have gone with Lee Camp, Mm -hmm. the championship goat. Most appearances ever in the championship. He's a favourite of ours. Um, Maybe not for for all the good reasons all the time, but he has always been a solid pair of hands at this level, hasn't he? And mm-hmm. he he might stay at Birmingham this season. I'm not. I won't be too surprised if he did. But he probably will stay in the championship, won't he? No, absolutely. He's, he still seems uh, as fit as he was 10, 15 years ago. Um, as you say, he's he's been a a consistent player at this level. You, you look back on his career and you're like, oh, he made over 100 appearances for Forest. Oh, he made over 100 appearances um, for Derby. He, he's been a he's been a long term goalkeeper at any club he's been um which is you know a testament to his professionalism professionalism and ability now i am gonna have to correct myself here because ensley Piers, i don't think actually has signed a new contract yeah. i didn't pick him because yeah. i didn't think i thought he had signed well, a new deal i do my research ryan i don't I just, I don't re- just I... turn up every sunday and just you know <laughs> galavan like you do i i, I, do. I do my research <laughs> that's exactly what i do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Ainsley Pears, I mean, is definitely a solid choice. I would have picked him if I, if I knew he was out of contract because he has been class for Middlesbrough, hasn't he, since coming into the side? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you, you forget as well that it's his first season at this level. Obviously, he had loan spells, I think it was at Gateshead and somewhere else, obviously down in the uh, National League, etc. Um, but there's certainly potential there for a, for, for a goalkeeper. Um, he's still only 22. He's got a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams could benefit with, you know, with his uh, potential and his current ability. Yeah. Well, he's been linked with quite a few Premier League clubs as well, but uh, Middlesbrough's uh, financial situation at the moment is one that's going to be mentioned quite a bit mm-hmm. in this uh, part of the show. Honourable mentions, David Stockdale, also at Birmingham. He's uh, not played for quite a while because he's, yeah. he's had a bit of a falling out with uh, the people behind the scenes there, but he could be a decent player at this level, couldn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he's... I don't know. I've never been a big fan of David Stockdale, to be honest. He had one good season at Brighton when they went up. Um, Played yeah. for England, didn't he? Did he play for England? No. He got caught up at one point. I, a lot of goalkeepers did yeah. that, you don't ex- that you'd never expect would have. Speaking of which, Scott Carson at Derby also out of contract this season. Uh, considering I, Derby's contract uh, goalkeeper situation, it surprises me that Scott Carson's not been given another go. Um, yes and no. I think he's... I think he is he's, he's probably on his way out in terms of playing you know he, you're your third choice at Man City is no you know Richard Wright did it for years 
Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad gig, is it? Just sitting behind the scenes, chilling out with, you know, Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, getting paid thousands of pounds a week. Not bad life, really, is it? Yeah. No. Right, let's go into defence, Justin. Have you got a back four? Yeah, I've gone gone for the traditional 4-4-2 again. Okay, I've gone for 3-4-3, as I quite often do in the 11s. Who have you got at right back? Chris Gunter. Chris Gunter, that Mm -hmm. is a solid choice. Tell us why you picked him. Well... He's only 30 years old. That's the main reason why he's, you know, a lot of players are out of contract. You you expect them to be 32, 33, 34, but he's 30 years old, so he's still got some good years ahead of him. You know, 96 uh, caps for Wales, 273 appearances for Reading, um, and obviously it looks like he's on his his way out. Um, He's had a poor couple of seasons, but you coincide that with Reading being very poor as well. It's not his fault. There's still a good player there. You know, for example, the season they got to the playoff final uh, under Yapstam, he played every single game for Reading that season. Mm. Um, he's an experienced defender, a bit of a shit house as well. Um, he can play right back and left back, um, and a very good uh, servant um, for Reading and the Championship in general. Yeah, I had him down as an honourable mention. He's been frozen out. He was frozen out by Jose Gomez at the start of the season, mm-hmm. but I think he could easily do a job at a lot of championship clubs, really, yeah. even if he's just a squad player. Uh, Centre-backs, I've gone with, I'll go out with all three here, Dennis Adoy, Mike van der Horn, and Daniel Ayala. Fair How many of them have you matched? I've got Daniel Ayala. Who's your other centre-back? Naby Sarr, Charlton. Naby Sarr, good choice. I'll start with uh, Dennis Adoy then, <clears> because he's been a world-loved player at Craven Cottage for quite a a while now. And he's been a very useful player for them this season. Um, I find it difficult to make the argument that he's good enough for the Premier League. So it may very well be the case that if Fulham went up, he wouldn't get a new deal. Mm -hmm. But in the Championship, solid player. Versatile as well. Very versatile as well, yeah. And I think he'd be decent for a promotion-chasing side like Fulham. And yeah, I think think he'd be a good squad player. Maybe a bit lower down the table, he'd be a a Mm first-teamer, first-team regular. So... I think he, if he doesn't extend his deal at Fulham next season, he could be quite a popular person for quite a few sides at How this level. How old is he? He's late 20s. I don't know off the top of my head. If I had to have a guess, I'd say around there. Uh, this one's a very interesting one, Mike van der Horn. I'm surprised you didn't pick him, actually, Justin, because now, we've been uh, yeah, big the, fans of him. There's a reason why I didn't. It's because I, I expect him to go to a Premier League club. Um, my main sort of motivation is you know championship clubs going for oh, these okay. players. Um, yeah. that's what I was sort of wanted to go for I mean if he ends up at a, a, a championship club it's going to be a very ambitious championship club because he you know you're going to get onto it in a second he's a very good centre half at this level very good centre half and for anyone who's been listening to us for quite a while you know that we think that's the case because <clears throat> I'd go as far to say he's one of the best centre backs in the championship mm-hmm. the only reason why he's not talked about as much is because he had that bad knee injury back in January now, if he hadn't have suffered that, I'd say he'd definitely be on his way to a Premier League club this summer. But because he has suffered the injury, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it's where his argument. future lies. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, he should be available for Swansea when the season resumes. I haven't heard anything yet to say otherwise. Yeah. Um, but it might be a chance for him to prove his fitness for a Premier League side. Um what I will say is whoever gets him is getting one hell of a player. And as you mentioned, if he does stay at a championship club, then he's going to be one hell of a signing. He's still only 27, so mm-hmm. you could easily get at least four prime. seasons out of him. Yeah, yeah, he's in his prime. Sign him up. Uh, Daniel Ayala, we've both picked him. Yeah. Why have you picked him? Um, I'd say, without doubt, he's probably the highest profile player in my eleven in terms of 
you know his ability. Um, he's played Premier League football, uh, and as well as that, he's been one of the best centre backs in the Championship since he joined Borough on loan in 2013. Definitely. Um, there's a long line of suitors linked with him on a weekly basis. A long line of clubs. Yeah. Um, so no doubt he'll have the pick of whoever he wants to go to. He's not your typical Spanish centre half either. He's he's more he's on the aggressive side. He does the dirty work rather than you know playing it out of the back. Like yeah. he's like your typical. traditional English yeah. centre back, really, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, he's six foot three. He, he'll he'll be he, very very good for any Championship side. Um, didn't get a fair crack in the Premier League for Borough there'll be a lot of clubs in for him. Yeah, one of them who I've seen linked with him quite a lot is Leeds, mm-hmm. which is going to be very interesting to see if he goes there. Because if Leeds do go up, which they probably will do, um, he could fill a gap in the Premier League. I'm not sure I'd be too comfortable having Ayala and Cooper as my no. first choice centre-backs no, no. for the whole season. But in terms of competition at the back, he's a great player to have, isn't he? Yeah, and he's and also a great leader, presence in the changing room. <clears throat> it's going to be very handy, isn't it? Yeah, and Leeds... Under Belcher at times, he played with a back three, and obviously he would. I think he'd do very well in the middle of a back three because he's a defender, defender. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nabi Saar, why have you gone with him? Yeah, he's a player perhaps, uh, uh, who perhaps could have had a better season, but when Charlton were at the best, he was also very, very good. Um, and obviously, since Charlton have been relatively well, in, they've been very poor since the end of October. Um, uh, you know, he's sometimes go under the radar. He's, he's most effective in a back three, um, uh, as he perhaps doesn't possess the enough quality going forward to play left back or wing back. But he's still effective and worth a point. He's six foot five, fifty-one headed clearances this season, twenty-seven interceptions, and seventy-two percent tackle success rate. Just shows he's an, uh, an effective defender. Uh, I think he's just turned twenty-seven as well. So again, coming into his peak, will be a very very good signing for any. You know any championship side who wants a left foot defender because you know at six foot five any centre half is going to be fairly effective. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? How every player we've named so far is pretty much in their peak. Just goes to yeah. show that there's so many good players available uh, this summer. Who's your left back? Uh, Morgan Fox. Good choice. Very good choice. Yeah, finally a left back. Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> he's not he's not really pulled up any trees since he joined Wednesday in 2016. But this season he's been superb. He's, he's mm. been linked with a number of clubs again. Um, he's probably a lot better defensively than he is going forward. You know, he averages 2.1 tackles a game, two clearances a game. So that means he's he's a very solid defender. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday look like it looks like they're going to lose him, which is a shame for them because they could do with the money. Um, but yeah, as I say, uh, a very good left back at this level. Um, and again, coming into his peak, as we've mentioned already. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's been one of the standout players for yeah. Wednesday this mm-hmm. season. Even in their poor second half of the season, he's stood up and made himself counted. And as you mentioned, one of the number of players available in their peak, I've got a few honourable mentions here, and they're pretty much all in their peak as as well. Chris mm-hmm. Gunty, you've already mentioned, Morgan Fox. Amari Bell at Blackburn, he's still yet to sign a new deal. Bell. Yeah, yeah, Cal Norton at Swansea, who we mentioned last week, pretty average nowadays, but still would be a very handy player for a num- mm-hmm. number of championship sides. Ryan Shotton as well, all very steady players at championship mm-hmm. level, who I think will be very popular in the summer. Uh, let's go into midfield then, Justin. Right wing, I think we've got the same right winger. Have we? Who have you got? Harry Cornick. Oh, okay. We haven't got the same right winger. I've got Nicholas Elias in because I thought he was um, okay, no, the he's on obvious choice. Oh, you've got him on left wing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. there we go. <laughs> Why have you got Harry Cornick? 
Um, he's he's a, firstly he's a player that possesses a lot of pace. Um, he's got the ability this season, especially for Luton Town, he showed that he's got the ability to pop in the pop up in the right place at the right time. Um, and without his goals at times, Luton would have struggled even more than they have done. He's still quite raw in the Championship, um, and he's and he's probably got a lot of work to do. But in a team that's set up to counter attack, I think he's perfect. Um, you know, eight goals in thirty six games in his first Championship season is a is is a decent return. And certainly worth a punt for a number of teams in the championship. As I say, perfect for a counter-attacking side. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit sceptical about Harry Cornick this season because he started off the season on fire, but I think he's struggled in a pretty average Luton side, hasn't he? So maybe if he went to a better team, mm. he'd be a bit more effective. But I could see him staying in the championship th- next season if he is yeah. a free agent. I think the, the only caveat to it is. Marley Watkins had the same, had a similar sort of yeah. rise, and then it didn't go very well for him. So that's the only caveat with that. Yeah, Nicholas Eliasson. Let's talk about him because he <sighs> is probably one of the most interesting free agents in the Championship this season. Because Lee Johnson's indicated Eliasson doesn't want to sign a new deal and is angling for a move to a Premier League side, which is interesting considering he's not been a regular in the Bristol City side this season. <clears throat> if I was a Premier League club. I don't think I would be lining up to sign him because he is a very good player. In, in terms of his underlying data, he's been so impressive, especially when it comes to creating mm-hmm. chances. He's got one hell of a left foot. It is an absolute wand. Um, and he's been backed up by him having the joint most assists in the championship. But prior to lockdown, he wasn't playing that well. He's always been very inconsistent. And you never know which Eliasson you're going to get. Now, Lee Johnson has said in the past, he's a bit of a luxury player in the way that when the team's playing well, he plays well. So if I was a Premier League side <laughs> fighting relegation, I don't think you'd want Eliasson in your side, would you? I think the best he can hope for is a top side in the championship. But even then, I'm not <clears throat> completely sold on him being a good signing. Do you know what I mean? See, I'm on the other end of the spectrum here. I I, I think the issue with Eliasson is Lee Johnson. See, that's what a lot of Bristol City fans have been saying. Maybe that is the case, because if the manager isn't particularly keen on him, then there's got to be a reason why he's not keen on him. Well, yes and no, but sometimes managers just don't get the best out of players. He's got 12 assists, which is it's joint with Pereira, isn't it? And he's yeah. played 120 minutes less than Pereira this season. So there you go. There's one indication that there's a player in there. Um I think at times he's he's a he's a victim of the system. I've said this before on the podcast. He's a victim of Bristol City's system changes because they sometimes they play with wing backs. Not going to have any wide players in that system. Um, Bristol City's form, even this season, has been quite streaky. So individuals are going to suffer in that. I think Lee Johnson's b- almost trying to give himself uh, himself a bit of a, a cushion in when he does leave because fans are going to be annoyed that they've let go of this. Well, they've let go of their most creative player this season um, and he's almost trying to say well he's only good when we're good I'm happy to yeah. see him go sort of thing I, yeah I can, I, see, I I can see the argument I can see the argument but when you look at his underlying data there have been quite a few games where he has created very little even when he has been given a chance so I suppose you know as it's I said earlier you, you, you never know which Eliasson's going to turn up I think relying on one player in a team that's competing to get into the top six is not healthy for form, for creativity. You know, it's not it's not ideal. You need other players chipping in, 
And if they're relying on just Eliasson, who has 12 assists this season, which is a very, very good return. So I, I don't buy into what Lee Johnson has said at all. Fair enough. Uh, let's go into centre mid then, Justin. Uh, there's only one option for me here, Johnny Housen, because he has been one of the better players for Middlesbrough this season in what has been a pretty torrid season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did end up signing a new deal at Riverside because he's been such a leader mm-hmm. This uh, well for any club that he's been at, really, whether it's been Leeds, Norwich, Middlesbrough. Uh, one issue is that the wages won't be cheap. And he is getting on a bit now. He's 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if he were to leave Borough, then I'd be very interested to see where he goes because he could easily do a job at a mid-table championship club, maybe even higher. You never know because he is a quality player at this level. Um, yeah, I think if I was a mid-table championship club, I'd be monitoring the Johnny House and contract situation at Middlesbrough very keenly. What about you? Who have you got in sentiment? Well, I've picked Johnny House as well. Oh, good. Uh, it, it was, you know, looking around, it was pretty tricky not to just chuck someone in there who hasn't been plagued with injuries this season, or who hasn't, or who isn't having just his, you know, the, the one good season. Um, you know, Johnny Housen has been doing the business since he made his debut for Leeds. I didn't realise. Well, well, I was quite surprised just looking through his career. He's, he's pretty much played every single game. Yeah, he's yes. He's, Barely missed a game. Um, obviously, the one odd one, one or two there. He's been put at right back this season for Borough, which is a shame because again he possesses so much quality in the middle of the park um, and obviously experience, which which would have helped them. But obviously, they've needed to put him there at times. Um, and he's been, um, I think, he's been Borough's third um, most consistent player this season behind uh, Ayala and Shotton statistically. So if he does go, Borough are going to miss him massively. Yeah, definitely. Who's your other sentiment? Um, Makocho. Camilo Makocho. Yeah, very good pick. I completely forgot about him until just before I started recording, so I didn't have time to put him <laughs> in my team. But I do remember <clears throat> seeing earlier in this week that it looks like he's very much about to leave Brentford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, if I was a uh, manager of any club, I'd, I'd try and pick him up. He probably doesn't quite fit Bruce, uh, uh, Brentford's uh, system because obviously he's he's not a creative player. He's a he's just he's defense. He's a defensive midfielder, and I love a good defensive midfielder. Yeah, one um, of the reasons I've seen from I can't remember which journalist it was, but one of the journalists who recover who covers Brentford is that there's just not room for him in the squad now because he has been such a good player for <laughs> Brentford since signing, but they're obviously taking on this new approach where they brought in the likes of uh, his lad up from Oxford. No God. They got Norgard, um, Sheldon Baptiste, Baptiste. That's Shepson. it. Yeah. yeah, they just don't have room for him. Otherwise, they would have kept him because he is a very good player at this level, isn't he? Yep, an incredibly good pro as well. You know, when he was fit, especially last season, he was a regular starter for Brentford. Um, I think he made thirty-seven appearances, scored four goals, um, which is very rare for a central defensive midfielder to score goals. But in a Brentford team, anybody could score goals. <laughs> um, and obviously, this season he's probably struggled. He did suffer an injury in January, but. As I say, I think for any for any team looking to for for a centre uh, midfielder who's a bit more defensive, pick him up. I, I think it'd be great at uh, Millwall or um, a top like off Stoke. top yeah, off side in championship. Yeah. yeah, he'd do a job. Uh, another player who is kind of similar to Magotjo is Kevin Stewart. I've got a bit a lot of love for Big Kev. Yeah. He is um, <laughs> very similar to Magotjo in the way that he is just a destroyer in midfields. The one thing that goes against him is that he got badly injured earlier in the season and 
Before that, he was producing some unbelievable numbers in terms of the underlying data. Now, admittedly, he's playing in a very poor Hull team at the moment. But if he were to leave, then he's another one who I think would be very handy for mm. a number of championship sides. For a top side, I think you're looking at a good squad player to have. And then further down you go, the more likely he is to be more of a regular player. The one thing is his injury record, which I think might put off a few teams because he gets to play over 30 games in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be a risk worth taking because if he does stay fully fit, then I think there's a very good player there. Yeah, obviously, you know, I think Hall played a lot of money for him. They did. Um, so there's there's a player there. Otherwise, um, why would you spend a lot of your budget um, on on a on a defensive midfielder? Um, yeah. You know, as you said, the numbers he was he was putting out before he got injured earlier on in the season were incredible. You know, we 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 loud about Calvin Phillips, but. Kevin Stewart at that time was posting better defensive numbers than 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 Calvin Phillips. So yeah, he's produ- he's producing the best in the division, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So that just highlights the quality that he possesses. Yeah, honourable mentions. We'll start off with two players who look like they're about to sign a new deal. Uh, Stuart Downing at Blackburn. Mm-hmm. I was going to put him in, but it seems like both parties want to have him next season. Uh, Tom Huddleston at Derby. He hasn't been offered a new deal yet, but it looks like it's about to happen, according to reports. Not too sure about that. I think Huddleston is at his day. He does play like he's running in treacle. And <laughs> so I think if Derby want to keep him, then fair play. But I'm not too sure. Uh, Jackson Irvine at Hull was the other one, who I think could be a very tidy player for quite a few championship sides. Would you agree? Yeah, he's a very good box-to-box midfielder. Again, he's suffered because he did score quite a few goals for Burton when he when they first signed him and he went to yeah. Hull. And he's almost dropped off a bit. So I think going to a club where... That's in a, of a similar sort of guild to Burton in the sense that they're fighting against it every week. I think they'll get the best out of him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my left winger, Sammy Amiobi. I'm surprised you didn't pick him, Justin, because I think we've got, both got to put our hands up here and say we've been proved wrong <coughs> by Sammy Amiobi this season because yeah. we weren't too sure about him when he initially signed for Forest, but he has had a brilliant, brilliant season. Sure, he hasn't scored many. And he shoots a hell of a lot. But he's probably had the best season of his career because he looks so dangerous every time he gets on the ball. And his pace is so important to Forrest's style of play. Sabu Limushi deserves a lot of credit for giving him a chance because it's been worthwhile. There's a lot of talk about whether Forrest should give him a new deal. I think it's probably going to happen and I can't blame him because... he's been so good this season he's earned that new deal I can't see him playing regularly if they were to go up but he'd still be very useful no matter what league he's in won't he yeah I mean just look at his limbs they're so long (laughs) physically he fits the Premier League well again just because he's you know He's so tall and long, and obviously he's got a fair amount of pace. He's 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 a, he's a very good dribbler. He's a yep. very good dribbler. Um, just sometimes his decision making when he shoots when he shouldn't when he shouldn't um, can let him down. That's probably why he's not played in the top side uh, up until now. Um, but you forget he's like he's about twenty nine, isn't he? Twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, another one who's in his peak. Mm-hmm. So many players available. Let's go up front then, Justin. I think have you got Lyle Taylor in your team? No, I'm not going to oh, yeah, Taylor. Well, no. we've spoken about him already, and I wanted to just dedicate this part of the show to talk about where we think he should go, because we've talked about what it means for Charlton and whether we agree with his decision. Because what kind of club do you think he should go to? It's an interesting one, because... Don't say you... Derby. <laughs> no. no. Well, you wouldn't want him at Derby. 
Yeah, I, I'd love him at Derby, but okay, fair enough. If it's if it's between him or Chris Martin, I choose Chris Martin all day. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, if if you sort of take into account that he's twenty nine, thirty years old, years put off a little bit by him because, as I say, he's 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 looking out for a a better contract than he's on now, which will probably come naturally with a team that's competing high at the table anyway. But going into this new age post. Um, COVID-19 where clubs have suffered financially a lot I don't think a lot of clubs might actually now go in for him I think there will be someone who goes in for him because there's been so much interest in, in his services and you get in someone who's had a very good season at championship level and he's as we mentioned he's in the peak of his career when I'll get onto them in a minute, but Wednesday, for example, I've got a lot of players out of contract yeah, and they've been linked with Taylor. Not in a good place. No, and they, <laughs> they could use someone like Lyle Taylor. Uh, mm-hmm. Swansea are another one who have been linked with him. They're having to use uh, Rian Brewster up front at the moment <clears> on loan, but whether he'll be there next season, who knows? I think someone, you know, top half championship side would be perfect for him because he's going to get game time. If he went to someone like West Brom or Brentford, He's not necessarily going to get yeah, the minutes that he wants. I agree. I think I might have said this before in the season. I think he'd be perfect at Forest. Yeah, Forest would be a good shout. Whether he plays ahead of Graben, though. Yeah, you consider as well. Lewis Graben's 32, 33 now. I think he, you know having a season where he's going to post a lot. Yeah, he's fairly injury prone as well. He's he's had a tough time of injuries. Lewis Graben over the last couple of, couple of seasons. I think someone like Forest for Lyle Taylor would be a great fit. To be honest with you. Fair enough. So, who are the strikers you've gone with? I've gone with Chris Martin and Stephen Fletcher. I've also got Chris Martin and Stephen Fletcher up there. Uh, we'll talk about Chris Martin first because yeah. you, as a Derby fan, are amongst the the majority, I'd say, who Could. want him to sign a new deal. Yes, you're not. You're going to struggle to find um, a striker like him again. You've got to take into context that we're going into, you know post-COVID-19 um, so financially you're going to have to pay for a striker who fits that bill um, Chris Martin's 32 um, he's got 9 goals and 6 assists in 26 games this season he's not only a striker but he's a he's a number 10 as well You know, he's a deep-lying forward who fits into a variety of systems um, so why wouldn't you throw a new contract at him? I I don't want to go on about this because we've spent too long on quite a few episodes this season chatting about Chris Martin and how useful mm-hmm. he is to the Derby side. But I just don't think, considering his wages, I know he's on about having a wage reduction. I just don't think Derby should be using up money on someone like that who's not necessarily going to be your number one striker next season. I think you could easily reuse that money getting <clears> in a young striker on loan and giving him a chance up front and potentially even getting you into the playoffs. I don't think Chris Martin would get you into the playoffs. If Derby got someone like Rian Brewster, for example, that would be an unbelievable signing and it would make you far more optimistic about Derby getting in top six next season, wouldn't it? I think it's far more of a risk to bring in a, an unproven striker than having a proven striker on board. I think but it's far What more I'd say is you've got Martin Waghorn if that lone striker doesn't work. Again, he's not a reliable goal scorer. You've got he to. He's Chris Martin. I mean, nine goals in twenty-six games isn't a bad record. But before this season, he's had numerous seasons where he's not produced, hasn't he? Yeah, but we've we've spoken about that. His injury and illness has restricted him massively. 
Um, but we could debate this all day. We could. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced. I, I really think Derby should just cut him off and uh, let him go somewhere else because he could easily get a, another championship club, couldn't he? Uh, Stephen Fletcher. Quite a few clubs have got their tails up with him being available. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a massive loss to Wednesday, isn't he? But it'll be yeah. a great signing for someone else. Definitely. He's got 13 and 26, which is a very good uh, strike rate for a striker. Any striker. It's his best season so far, isn't yeah. it, as yeah. well? Yeah. So you've got he's... an experienced striker who's <clears throat> just coming off the back of his best season ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not only a good goal scorer, but he's a, he's a very good contributor to the overall um, play as well. He's, he wins 5.8 aerials a game. Yeah, he's um, been linked with West Brom. I think he provide competition for the likes of Austin, Robson, Carnu. Yeah. I think he'd be better off staying in the Championship personally. Yeah, because he's then you'd be, three now, isn't he? Yeah, well, you'd be getting someone who, as as we say, would be very, very handy at this level. And whether he does stay at Wednesday, not looking too certain at the moment. No. But if he were to go to another top half championship side they'd love to have him if he reproduces or goes even better than he has done this season mm-hmm. uh, honourable mentions this is why we were talking about Sheffield Wednesday earlier they've got three strikers three <laughs> other strikers who are uh, out of a contract this summer Fernando <clears throat> Forestieri Sam Winnell Antti Newihue I'm <laughs> sure Jordan Rhodes is he, no he's well. the year after uh-huh. otherwise I would have probably picked Jordan Rhodes because I've got this I've just got this hope that Given him a new lease of life, you could produce oh, something. You say Chris uh, Martin's I'm a not going to produce. I'm a romantic Justin. You say Chris Martin's not going to produce, but Jordan Rhodes hasn't scored consistently for about five years. He hasn't, but I just feel if he went to a mid-table championship side and he got him <laughs> on low wages, then he might produce the good old days. Anyway, uh, so... Sheffield Wednesday, four strikers out of contract this summer. Unbelievable. Uh, Danny Loder at Reading, we spoke about last week. Uh, looks like he'll be going to the Premier League. Rudy just <laughs> stared at Middlesbrough. Tell you what, if you manage to get him on a cheaper contract, he won't be too bad. Yeah, the, 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 these are all maybes, aren't they? If you, oh, maybe if you get him on a cheaper contract, we could get him. I don't know how the players are going to negotiate. No, I don't know how clubs are going to negotiate, but we'll see. Yeah, with the coronavirus, it's all very up in the air, isn't it? Because clubs are in such financial difficulty. Let's go on to squad goals, Justin. I am picking the good squad this week. Justin's picking the crap squad. And what we do in this part of the episode is where we look back at a classic championship side or two classic championship sides and talk about, just appreciate them, really. Just give them some good old appreciation of how good and how crap they were. So I'll start off because I've gone with the good side. I've gone with the Bournemouth side from the 2014-15 season. Not a side that gets enough recognition for my liking, Justin. They won the league in a very competitive championship season. The headline here is that they scored the second most goals ever in a championship season with 98 only being beaten by that Reading side who got 99. Uh, They had four players get double figures that season. Brett Pittman, Jan Kermigant, Matt Ritchie, and their top scorer, Callum Wilson. Four players getting double figures. It's insane. Brett Pittman getting double figures. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, The last two in particular deserve a special mention. Now, Ritchie is one of only a handful of players to get at least 15 goals and 15 assists in a single season. Only three or four other players have managed to do that. Callum Wilson nearly did it himself. He got 14 assists and 20 goals. So it's unbelievable having a player who directly played a part in 30-plus goals in a single season. They had two. I haven't checked, but they must be the only championship club to have ever had that. It's 
absolutely astonishing. Uh, so that's going forward. But defensively, also very sound. When you talk about Bournemouth in the Premier League, they've always been very good going forwards, but very leaky defensively. Uh, that wasn't the case here. They conceded 45 goals this season. That's by no means one of the best offensive records ever in a season, but it was the second best in the league this season. Now, one of the key reasons why this side was such a success was how consistent they were. In terms of the lineup, we've mentioned quite a few over the pa- quite a few times over the past few weeks how the crap sides in the championship have ended up having about forty different players mm-hmm. play for them in the season. Bournemouth only used twenty four players this See, season. That surprises me because I remember them having striker after striker. They had Kevin Jones on loan that season. Yeah, they had Kevin Jones, Brett Pittman, Wilson, Kermigant, but. Not that many actually played. They had nine players who played in 40 games or more, which is pretty impressive. It seems like they were quite lucky when it came to injuries, but maintaining that consistency in a lineup is one of the key reasons why they were such a success. And final point, because I can see you want to make a point, mm-hmm. uh, despite this being from five seasons ago, so many of the players from that side are still mm-hmm. playing today. Callum Wilson, Simon Francis, Steve Cook, Andrew Sermon, Charlie Daniels, all of them are still there today made over 40 appearances that season. Then elsewhere, you've got the likes of Ryan Fraser, Adam Smith, Stanislas. I can't think of many sides who have maintained a core group of players for that long, Justin. Yeah, it is an isolated um, occurrence, definitely. But you say that um, so many players made over 40 appearances. We've likened, what we've sort of, a bit, you know, not repetition, but we've we've said it before with some of the good squads that have gone up, there's been a similar uh, situation at a number of different clubs that have gone yeah. up. Uh, Burnley have done it a couple of times uh, in the playoffs and obviously under Dyche, where a lot of players have made over 40 appearances that season. I think, as you say, a core group of players rather than over rotation certainly yeah. Just wonders, doesn't helps. It? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, let's go on to your poor squad, Justin. Who have you gone with this oh, week? I thought you were going to jump to the next segment then. No. I nearly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this one escaped me, um, and I'm sure it will have escaped you as well. Um, this side got relegated. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a mix of you know, pretty poor recruitment and some poor decisions at boardroom level and just bad management um, that led to this. But it was Bristol City from the 2012-2013 season. They finished bottom of the championship that season. Now, we mentioned Bristol City in the season they got to the playoff final. And we kind of touched upon this season briefly in that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we have actually mentioned them yet. Talk me through it. No, but uh, scoring goals wasn't particularly an issue. They scored more than, uh, they scored more goals um, than eight sides that are in the bottom half of the championship that season. Mm -hmm. Um, But they conceded 84 goals. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So they were they were mid table, just about mid table for scoring goals, um, but defensively they were the worst. Uh, Eighty four, you know, we we've, we've spoke about I think it was Rotherham and Blackpool who are two of the worst championship teams had two of the worst championship seasons. Um, they conceded a lot of goals, but eighty four goals for the players that they had is appalling, unfounded, is appalling. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned the playoff final defeat. Um, they had a couple of mid-table finishes um, and low mid-table finishes, um, but then it started to become a bit of a relegation battle for them. And as I say, pretty poor decisions at um, boardroom level sort of led to that. And they, they didn't really build. Um, but as I say, they had a pretty decent squad. Tom Heaton was in goal. Ooh. 
Yeah, forgot Greg, that he was at Bristol City. Yeah, uh, Greg uh, Cunningham at left back. Wow. Okay. Paul Anderson and Albert Albert Adoma out wide. How did this side get relegated? <laughs> yes. Um, Steve Davis and Sam Boulder up front. Mm, okay, you've lost me a bit there. They've they scored that many goals and they had those two up front. Yeah, that okay, Albert Doma got uh, seven goals. Um, okay, that makes a lot, a lot yeah, more sense. They had John Stead as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I say, it was a side, a steady side lid with steady championship players, but it was clear the defence was an issue. You notice I only mentioned one defender in that. Okay. Um, oh, how's I think that? Were, Liam Fontaine was the centre-half. Um, yeah. Again, he had his best years. He probably had his best season when they got to the playoff final. Yeah. Uh, Richard Foster was the right back. <laughs> he famously recently fell out with Derek McGuinness, I think, at Aberdeen. Okay. He was a Derek McGuinness signing for Bristol City. Um, but anyway, um, they. I mean, it started quite well. They, they won a few games in August, um, scored four goals, two games on the bounce. They they beat the eventual champions Cardiff four two in in August, so okay. things were looking rosy. But no, uh, Derek McGuinness was sacked in January. Sean O'Driscoll came in. Uh, things did pick up. They won three of the next five under him, but as I say, got worse. After beating Borough two 0 on March 9th, they failed to win a game for the rest of the season. Wow! What, finished, what day was that? March 9th. So March they 9th. had wow. they would have had about well about two ten months. Yeah, two months of season, about 10 games to go. Um, finished rock bottom, conceded 84 goals, a truly poor side, mismanaged and failed to build. I think that is a very great way of finishing. A very great way. That doesn't sound right, does it? Anyway, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> a very great way of finishing off the squad goals and the 11s, Justin. Are you going to miss those two features? Um no, no, I want football back. <laughs> <laughs> I also want football back. May they rest in peace. Let's go on to the Craig Barson <laughs> pub quiz. This is one feature we're never going to get rid of. Actually, we might do next season. <laughs> this is a part of the show where Justin is going to give me six clues about a mystery championship player who will have made at least 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently. Justin, who have you got for me, baby? I can't believe this player's escaped our Craig Bryson's for this long, to be honest okay. with you, Ryan. Uh, I made 347 appearances, scoring 26 goals. Luke Chambers. Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> How many appearances? 347. Yeah. Not Luke Chambers. It's, no. no. Right, okay. I'll, I'll, never, I'll, I'll never be able to pick Luke Chambers now, because you'll get it on the first pissing guess. <laughs> um, I, I have played for six clubs in the championship, but only two were permanent. Four loan spells. 24 goals has thrown me a bit because there's quite a few players who I know have played that many games. But 24 goals, that's a weird one. That's, I presume that's the centre mid. Is it Paul Gallagher? No. Ooh, okay. I've played in the Europa League and also got to an FA Cup final. Wigan stand out to me there because they got to the Europa League. The season after the FA Cup final. <clears throat> so, I'm trying to think who was a part of that side, and I'm going to go with Ben Watson. No. Ooh, okay. Despite being contracted to Stoke City for four years, I only played 12 games in the Premier League for them. Interesting. Stoke also are in the Europa League as well, which has put my theory in a bit of peril. <laughs> <laughs> uh. How has someone played 340 games 
in the championship when they've only when they've been at Stoke for four years. How many clues have I got off this? Two. There's two clues left. Yeah, I'm still sticking with that Wigan side. I can't think of someone who's played for Wigan and Stoke. Go on, next clue. In 2003, I scored twice against League. Uh, against Liverpool in the in a League Cup semi-final lost in the FA Cup semi-final and lost in the playoff final all in one season how is that possible oh go on next clue please it's your final clue <laughs> I am one of Neil Warnock's favourite sons now that's that doesn't narrow it down a bit <laughs> so the prophecy of Neil Warnock names numerous disciples mm-hmm. amongst them is Paddy Kenny Correct, uh, but he's not, not scored it's not 26. Paddy, it's not Paddy Kelly. <laughs> Jaggy Elkis up there. Yeah. Chris Morgan's up there. Mm-hmm. He's not played for Stoke, though. Oh, who else is up there? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple that, you, that, that you've missed. I'm struggling, Justin. Uh, I'm going to kick myself. Do you want me, do you want me to tell you his, do you want me to tell his loan clubs? Go on. Two spells at Preston. Okay. Millwall. Yeah. Derby. Okay. I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. I'm not going to get this. Go on, who is it? Do, do you want me to give you one more clue? Yeah, go on. He won promotion in 2005-2006 with Sheffield United. He, he goes a bit... Did, was he part of that Wigan side? No. I don't right, know okay. from to us, but Because I was did play for two, two together. Right, so that's ruins half my theory throughout this whole game. Part of that Sheffield United side. I'm not getting this. Go on, who is it? Michael Tong. I would have never got that in a million years. Thank you for putting me out of my misery because that was painful. Who else did he play for? Leeds? Uh, yep, he was at Leeds with Warnock. Um, and that's it. He played for Sheffield United, Stoke and Leeds. Uh, I know, he had a spell at Stevenage and Port Vale as well at the latter end of his career. Yeah. Um, and obviously loan spells at Millwall, Preston and Derby and I think there was one more but I can't, I can't remember it. He played one game in the Europa League. <laughs> Who with? Stoke? Yes, yeah, so. Right, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Who did you win the FA Cup with? He didn't win the FA Cup. He said oh, he got to, to the final. FA Cup for. Stoke. Okay. Miss. Well, I'd have never got that in a million years, so I don't feel too guilty about that. I, I do remember Michael Tong, but my knowledge of his career isn't the best, to say the very least. Well, thank you for listening, as usual, everyone. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. Mm. Next week, we have our season returns preview. I did call it a season preview, but it's not really a season preview. It's kind of like a second half of the season preview it's not even half it's like second third the last quarter preview (laughs) (laughs) we have that to look forward to next week as usual make sure you go on all our social media platforms it's at the at second tier pod uh, for all the latest on what's going on with us and also have a look on our website where we'll have loads of little tidbits there for some of our thoughts so make sure you keep an eye out for them i have been ryan dilks I have been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.